Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. So many of you know I've played eight years in the NFL. What you might not know is I've had multiple surgeries throughout my NFL and collegiate career. I've had both ankles, both knees worked on in a sports hernia. And these different surgeries, they've, they've given me pain over the years. And I've tried to, to look for different medications and, and ointments and gels and all this stuff to help heal that. But once I started finding out and started doing research on things within my body that can be done to help alleviate this pain, I started to kind of venture down this road of gut health. And gut health is your gut is like a second brain. The cleaner your gut is, the more things can be able to enter into your system and start to help you. And understanding this, Nodora is a probiotic that's like no other. It's specific, it's custom, and it's based on science. If you're having trouble with sleeping, with body inflammation, with pain, bloating, and even overall weight loss, Nodora can be the answer because it fixes things at the well, not at the faucet. So, Make sure to check out Nodora at Nodora, N-U-D-O-R-A.com. And when you purchase, make sure when you check out Shark Effect 25 for 25% off your order. Okay? All right. Don't say I ain't never did nothing for y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to the Shark Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm an NFL veteran of eight years, and now I'm an author, leadership and personal development coach, and international speaker. In this podcast, you will learn strategies to get unstuck in life and find your influence. You will hear inspirational and value-packed stories from former and current elite-level athletes, successful entrepreneurs, and experts in the field of personal development. 
My mission is to help former elite level athletes find their identity and utilize their influence to create a life of impact. Hello, welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden, coming at you once again. We're covering uh, part two of our interview with Coach Chris Peterson. Um, on this episode, we talk on leadership principles, and we really dive down deep on preach, promote, and permit. And this is something that he really uh, dove down deep on, and we looked at it from different points of view. We also talked about his three other um, ways how you build culture. The number one thing is to model the way. Number two is acts of service. And the third one is building trust through connection, competence, and character. So I'm not going to say any more. I want to dive right into this because it's powerful and we can all learn some things. Okay, here we go. Mm, wasn't a line. Wow, that's good. What are some, uh, how about this? What are some, some tips for, for parents? <sighs> what are some tips for parents of, of, of athletes? They're going through this whole recruiting process and you have all these coaches telling them their son or even daughters, you know, in their other sports are the best things since sliced bread. What are yeah. some, what's some tips? Man, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you a couple things, but in all honesty, <laughs> I think you and, and Kristen should do a podcast on that type of stuff and get some parents that you respect and have a podcast on that. And it. you guys should be the lead dogs on that because it all comes from like how you bring them up and how you keep them grounded and how you, you know, enable them to make decisions for themselves and what a good decision looks like and what this next step is going to look like going forward. Because one of the things, Alex, that I've found, like, especially the guys that we're recruiting, I call it like one of the biggest problems is, is the too much too soon syndrome. It's just like, they're just so good. So early and so young and so many good things happen for them that they've really never had to go through the adversity of grinding. So now they get to college and then it's like, God, everyone's kind of like me. And I'm not used to like not being the star of my own show or the show. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That is shocking. Mm -hmm. And now you couple in the transfer portal and now you throw money into this oh, with boy. NIL. Yeah. I mean, now all of a sudden you're giving them such an easy out when it doesn't go right. Now you're talking about something, this NIL money, that should be the last thing, in my opinion. If I'm a parent of an elite guy like this, the last thing we're going to even talk about, if it's even a discussion is, is what the NIL money looked like. The very last. I don't even want to hear about it. Yeah. Because that is like you hear about a, a handful of these kids right now. I mean, I mean, really, it is a handful because there's so much misinformation out there. Mm -hmm. The best of the best in college football that are going to be probably first round draft picks. They're going to make some really interesting, good money. Ninety eight percent of the rest are not. And so it should not be talking about it should not be about when we're talking about money. It's not about NIL. It should be about NFL. And that's four years away. So let's not even talk about that. But, you know, I mean, I think this to get back to your question, I'm sorry, because this is a it's a passionate yep. thing for me, because I'm going to tell you one thing that inspired tell. 
the heck out of me. I would see so many parents, right? Over the years, I mean, how many kids did we recruit that didn't even come with us, but like just in the recruiting process. And one of the things that inspired me, like no end, would be a great set of parents that got this thing, that didn't make this college football thing life and death and too important. And it is important because your kid loves it and it's, but it's not his identity. It's what he does. And it is his thing. It is not your things. And for, and and I know as a parent myself, for us not to like pound our chest when my kid's doing some really cool things and winning an award, it's like, oh my gosh, that's almost better than me winning an award. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to say, no, okay. I helped get him here in this college this far. And now I'm going to truly even back away even more. I'm going to be a rock for him if he needs me, but this is your thing. And all I'm going to like do is just encourage you to hang in there and keep grinding. I remember this talking about hating school. I remember calling my dad when I was a junior in college. And again, I'm no non-scholarship, just little old UC Davis playing football. I'm in college because I love football. That's, that's the reason. Got it. Mm-hmm. I called my dad and I said, dad, I can't tell you how much I hate school right now. And if it wasn't for football, I'd be out of here. And I thought he's going to give me this pep talk on, well, he goes, great. Just keep playing football then. And I'm like, wait, huh? And so I'm thinking, okay, let me just, I love football. And I'm going to, and you know, there's a, there's a story, you know, it's like that. Like he knew what motivated me to stay in school and do the important work. Like I always, this is another story, but I ended up going back to grad school. When I went back to grad school, my mom's like, you're going to do what? You hate school. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I kind of figured a few things that, you know, and so, you know, that's the parents just got to, it's, it's my deal. And, and it's like their mm-hmm. deal. And it's like, don't make it bigger than it is. And because the pressures these kids put on themselves and mm-hmm. social media puts on them and just being in that arena, it is, it can be bone crushing. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, that's so funny, man. You're talking about that. And like, I think of uh, like me and Elijah, our relationship, like I told him, I said, look, I'm not going to call you. I hope I, I'm going to call once a week on Thursdays, whether it's season or off season, that's going to be our time. And when I call you, I'm not going to bring up football. If you want to bring it up, if, if, if you want to bring it up, we can chop it up. But I'm calling you to check on you, make sure everything, you know, how you feeling, how you doing, um, you know, how you, um, how, how is life? It's not going to be talking about football. Now, if he brings it up, I can give him some insights. We can, you know, we can, we can talk about different concepts and things like that. But um, let me just say this, that gives yeah. me goosebumps. That really does mm. what you just said there. And I'm going to tell you why. There is such a difference. Again, me paying attention over 30 plus years of this with dads, with moms and the recruiting process, their sons with their dad's relationships. And that's a whole nother podcast we could be talking about, <laughs> sons and dads. Yeah, <laughs> It is. Mm. But one of the things that I've found, it's just a different relationship with mom and the son because at the end of the day, moms do not care at the end of the day about this football thing. They just want to make sure their baby is like fine. So they'll talk about football because that's their thing, but they're on to other stuff. Like all they want to do is make sure he's good. What else you want to talk about? 
And dads get their identity so wrapped up in their kids' gridiron performances. And for you to say, I'm going to, like, what you just said is how a mom really thinks and goes about their business with their son. So for a dad to say, hey, I'm going to call you. And if you want to talk about football and vent and this and that, cool. But my thinking is we're going to talk about everything else. That's spectacular. And that's why one of the reasons I'm telling you that Elijah's turned out so spectacular is because of what you just said there. Mm, thank you very much. That means a lot coming from you, coach. I'm just telling you, that's straight up the truth. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about culture. So culture um, in the locker room, and I know you do speaking engagements and whatnot, and you talk about leadership and, and culture, but I, in culture, like how, what is it? How do you, how do you shape it as a leader, as the head coach of a, yeah. a big program? How do you shape culture in, whether it's culture in the locker room or coach culture of your coaching staff? Because there's, there's different, there's different, you know, people as coaches as well. You know, you, how do you shape that? How do you, yeah. Again, that's a that's another big, big, great question, right? <laughs> and so that's the one thing I will tell you this. Like, you know, our culture is, you know, re- really it's our interactions with each other. It's really our thoughts, our words, and our behaviors that are all in alignment, that we're, we're being authentic with each other, and we're all on the same page of, like, how we're going to treat each other and how we do business day to day, like how – you know, the things we believe in around here and the things we don't believe in around here. And then we're all human beings. So we're all going to fall short of like being at our best all the time. And so we all kind of understand that, but we all have each other's back. But I, I think it's like one, you, you really create this vision of what we want our culture to be about. Because the one thing that we know, we had this big sign in our locker room, the culture is contagious. You're going to have a culture one way or another. There is no getting around that. So you better create and fight for what you want. Be intentional. <laughs> so intentional, right? And everybody's got to be in this together. Like the coaches, you know, or the head coach, we can present this vision, but it has to come to life from the locker room. Those are the best gold standard teams that I've been on. When the locker room believes in it, buys in it, and then everybody takes ownership in the leadership of bringing this culture to life. See, I don't, I don't really like this thing either on the leadership part of things that the leaders are just the older guys. I don't like it when it's about seniority, status, position, title. I know like people like think, oh, when I become a senior or when I get that next promotion of my job and I have like that authority, I mean, there's a little truth there, but that, that wears off that fast. If they don't figure out like you're all about it and a good person and know what they're doing, you're not the leader anymore. So leadership to me in one word is about influence. Let's go. That's it. Like we don't control. We think we're going to control. We don't. We can influence some things. So to me, leadership's about earning influence. And you influence somebody the day you walk into the building. Like as soon as you get to know them, you're going to influence them in a good way or a bad way. So right then and there, you have some say in leadership, even as a freshman. The other thing that I think leadership is about it's about doing the, the leader to me is who's doing the right thing in the moment. So if you take those two things, leadership is about influence and it's about who's going to do the right thing in the moment. 
you're a leader right now. You lead now, Mr. Freshman or Miss, you know, Mrs. Like executive that doesn't necessarily have that title yet. Mm-hmm. You need to think of yourself as a leader. Like I'm going to influence, I'm going to earn influence and win influence with the people that are around me by doing the right thing, by doing a great job in my area of responsibility, by doing a great job for the cause of our organization. That's leadership right now. You don't need a title. You don't need seniority. You don't need all this other stuff. Forget it. It is on now. And so the best teams that I've been around get that. Mm-hmm. And it's not about jockeying for position. It's about doing the right thing and influencing everybody around us to do the right things. Mm, that's so good. That is so you dropping some diamonds today. Folks. <laughs> <Every time. laughs> now, all that that's- stuff's hard to do, right? It's easy for me to talk about it. But, but I think it's also like what you're going to like, you know, what you're going to like preach and promote and also permit. So like this thing has to be like, when I say preach, like it is like, not just something, oh, this is our culture. Like this is what we talk about daily. And it's point out, like, I love when Johnny did this for Jimmy. Like that is what we're all about. Yeah. And then it's also about things that like, you're not about, like it's about permitting things, right? Like, cause what you permit, you are promoting. So if somebody's doing some stuff, that's not about what your organization's about, and you don't call that out and put an end to that, then you're promoting that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like what you're preaching, what you're promoting every day, and also what you're allowing, what you're permitting. Mm-hmm. And so it's a 24, 24-7, 365 like, fight to get the culture you want. And I always thought, like, as a head coach, that was my, one of my number one responsibilities was trying to promote the vision of this culture and preach it, promote it, and not permit certain things. You know, you're touching on some foundational principles, I think, when you're talking about culture. One of the things that um, helped Elijah decide what school he wanted to go to, it wasn't just all the, the bowl games and the TV and, you know, when he can be able to play, but his biggest thing was the culture. Yeah. And so the culture at the other schools that we went to go visit like he was the, the number one thing about Washington, man, he loves their culture. And so what I think is culture is not about like what happens at the top with the coaching staff or those leaders, but it's what happens with those other people that are underneath, like in the locker room, right? When I went to um, San Diego, to the San Diego Chargers back in 01, I found out real quick the culture and what was what was the um what was the bar my first day of practice when i went there and i'm you know with the saints for 5 years had three different head coaches and you know whatnot but i go there and their first day of practice i'm watching and you know i'm a starter and i go out there and i see how junior sayal attacks every play and i see how rodney harrison runs to the ball every play. And so I knew them because they're, you know, they're uh, superstars. But then you see everybody else and how they run to the ball. And I was like, oh, this is different than when I was with the Saints. I better hop on board. And it was something that was nonverbal. It wasn't something like, hey, man, this is what we do here. It was like, you know, I was – my IQ, football IQ was raised a little bit higher 
at that moment. But I was like, oh, I don't want to be the the odd man out. I don't. I want to be. I'm going to do like everybody else. And I think it's the same thing with, at at home. At home, we can build our own culture of what is right and what is what is not right. And the same things that you talked about. You know, if you don't correct something and it turns out to be bad or terrible, you're part of the You didn't create that culture on what is what is expected, what is supposed to be done, and what is not. So I think, you know, what you're talking about, Coach, is those are foundational principles when you're talking about building the, the and being intentional with the culture that you want to create wherever you are. Amen to that. Let me just say this off this. So when I talk about that, like um, it's about influence, leadership's about influence. So I think there's a couple components to earning or winning influence with your, with your, you know, with your people. Number one is what you just spoke about. The number one way to, to earn influence is to model the way. And that's exactly right. You okay. What's the way we run to the ball. We practice like this. Oh, Junior say I was doing that. I get it now. He can say whatever he wants to say to you. It's the picture's worth a thousand words. It's like, he didn't say one word. Boom. And that's what we do as parents. Like, that's what the great parents do as well. The great coaches. Like, blah, 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 blah. We all talk a great game. It's modeled the way. Yes. The number two way that I think about earning influence is through acts of service. Mm. It's to do things for others. Oh, now, now we talking, now we going deep. The third thing is, to me, is then building trust. Building trust. I think those three buckets, if you get in those three buckets, model the way, acts of service, and building trust, that is the building blocks for earning or winning influence in your organization. Forget the title, forget the status, forget all that stuff. That is how, that's who's going to become the leader. Title or no title. Love it. How do you how do you build or earn trust? Like you just said, how do you yeah. do that? Yeah, and so we could drill down on that rabbit hole too. So to me, I think it, and we can dr- go down deeply. But for me, the thing that always made sense was like a trust triangle. So there's three things. Number one thing was connection, right? And so there we go to the culture. Like we have to become connected. I don't like. I would never subscribe to this theory of like teams is like, well, listen, I'm going to like, I respect him. I really don't like him. And I get that out of a hundred guys or gals and people, you're not going to like be completely connected to everybody. We're just different. But I don't like the more you pull the, the layers of the onion back, the more we're all alike. Yes. That I know. So we got to get connected and we got to work on that. So what does that look like? We have story time. We tell stories about how we grew up. All the, There's a million ways to become connected, right? Mm-hmm. So number one on building trust is be connected. Number two is through competence. I have to be good in my role. I don't care if you're the guy that vacuums the rugs at night and that's your role. If you are outstanding of vacuuming rugs, people are going to notice that and go, hey, he's pretty good at his role. One, we love him because he's good at his role. And now, because the foundation of leadership is credibility. Credibility. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's all the star players, right? They got credibility. So everybody wants to listen to them 
they think that they're the leader, but they might not be the leader. They don't, they're not, they're not, but they're good at their job. So that gives them credibility. Mm. So the competence thing. So you got to be good in your role. So that gives you like credibility. And I don't care what your role is, but you got to be good at it. Mm -hmm. So it's connection. It's competency, being good in your role. And the third thing is character. That they feel like this is a reliable dude that's going to do the right thing no matter what the circumstances are. And if you have those three things, like the competency, the connection, and the character, that's going to be a strong triangle of trust, in my opinion. Coach, let me tell you <laughs> something. Let me, I got goosebumps all over <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. my goodness. This is beautiful. And so I know you, you're you doing, so you're out of football. Not, not so much out of football, but you're yeah. doing a couple of different things. Yeah. You know, still surrounding your sport, you know, with your broadcast. I know you speak and whatnot. Um, if somebody, a company or whatnot, want to reach out to you to hear more about you and, you know, your your impact yeah. on leadership and whatnot, how do they, how do they go about finding you? That's a great question. Um, I'm just all kind of like, I'm kind of a grassroots guy. It's like kind of one person knows another person. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually in the process of kind of putting that out there a little bit more public. I've been doing more and more speaking, but you're right. Like, I mean, my, my life now is, you know, in the fall, I still love football. I'm going to watch it. I can't ever be away from it. Love it. Yeah. So I do my stuff with Fox down there on Saturdays with college football. And that's just a really enjoyable day for me. I do some consulting with some coaches mm -hmm. and I love that. So that's just kind of me walking the journey with them and kind of being a thinking partner on okay. the hard things that they're going through in that arena they're in. Cause if anybody gets it, I get it. Yeah. How, how hard it is to say, you know, mentally healthy. And you know, I, I think about, you know, all these kids with the student athletes, all the mental health things that the young people are going through. It's not just the young people. It is all of us and certainly coaches in the arena that they're in. It's just wild, you know, with the scrutiny that they're under. So I'm doing some work with coaches that really is fulfilling for me. And I find a lot of joy in there. And then the third thing is, is I do some speaking on, you know, team building and culture and leadership and those type of things. And so, um, so if they want me, they need to contact you, Alex. <laughs> And then we can go to the underground through you. I love that. Being underground. I love that, man. <laughs> Let's go. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time for being a guest on the Shark Effect. Man, I, I hope to have you on again. This yeah. has been so informative, inspirational. Um, yeah, and I know if, if, if this is hitting me, I know it's going to hit others. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. My, my pleasure. And I just, like, I, I, I want to say this, Dave. If there's any, like, you know, high school athletes and the parents hearing this or pay attention, I mean this. They need to contact you and Kristen and have discussions about that because the things that we talked about, and then there's a bunch of others, right? That's a complicated issue of parenting. <laughs> but for a high-profile athlete, Nobody did it better that I've been around than you two. And my hat's off to you. Man, thank you so much. That means a lot, Coach. God bless. So check it. If you like today's show, I want you to do me a couple of favors. 
I want you to subscribe. I want you to give me a rating and give me a review. And then the fourth thing, I want you to share it. Okay? And I'm not saying this for selfish reasons. When you guys do this, the more ratings, the more stars we get, five stars are dope, but the more impactful guests that we can have on the show. And the more impactful guests we have on the show, I think the more insights and the more value we can deliver for you all, my listeners. Okay, so if you guys can do that, it'll help us out, which will in turn help you out. Keep aligning, assigning, and adjusting yourself to the person that you want to become. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tra- to transition. What, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you? Okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.